0: Oh man, I'll tell you guys, i just been wrecked this morning, I, <clears throat> you know, we sing that song, Oh Come Let Us Adore Him, it's like, and I think, you know, you can't sing that until you realize He adores you. Uh, earlier Tanner said in the first service we we're created for adoration and he was referring that we were created to adore God and that is part of our 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 uh, mission and, and it comes naturally only comes naturally after you know he adores you I have a word of wisdom. I ran across this word of wisdom. I'm going to give it to everybody. I think it's really a good one, okay? All of us could take a lesson from weather. It pays no attention to criticism. That's a good word of wisdom right there, isn't it? I have other funnies here, but I think I'm going to move past the funnies. I told a joke last week, and I'm still kind of wounded from the response, so... (laughs) <laughs> both my daughter and my wife said not appropriate for church I went, really I grew up I grew up in a farm on the barn yard so sometimes my grid's off <clears throat> Holy Spirit I thank you for your love thank you for your presence thank you that you know everyone in this room by name. You're intimately acquainted with us. You know our pains. You know our sorrows. You know our joys. You know our victories. You know this 35 minutes that we have in your word, Father, is actually your idea. It's not my idea that we would be edified, that we would be touched, that we would be encouraged, that we'd be convicted, that we would be transformed by the word. I just ask Holy Spirit. Thank you. That's your your promise to us. In Jesus' name. Okay, we're making a transition here real quickly from this building to that building. And I think I can safely say it's, in, it's within weeks. I'm not sure how many. <laughs> oh, I think it's... It's getting closer. I have this, I have this uh, picture up here I want to show. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about end times and, and are the end times coming? Are we in the end times? You know, and you can get caught up in that if you want and look like the guy on your left. Or you can get crazy about Jesus and look like the guy on your right. Anybody agree? Yes. And, and this really needs to happen to the church. Is get really excited about Jesus? Because no matter what season we're in on the earth, he makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and it's, it's, it's who we are. We are a people who is in love with Jesus. And I'm just asking that you, Lord, would take us into a greater measure of that today. Um, we're tra- transitioning to that building and there's, uh, I have this concern. Um, and, and my concern is that we stay family. Like when you come in this room, if I don't know you, there's a good chance you're not going to be here long before I come and say hi. But when we get in a bigger room, there's more opportunity for you to be a tender and not part of the family. And, and Christianity was never about attendance. I wanted, this quote has just kind of struck me recently. Uh, Reverend Sam Pascoe said it, and I'm not sure even who that guy is. I should look him up. But I found it and saw it, and I said, man, that's really worth thinking about. Christianity started in Palestine, Palestine as a fellowship. It moved to Greece and became a philosophy. It moved to Italy and became an institution. It moved to Europe and became a culture. And it came to America and became an enterprise. And I so don't want to be part of an enterprise. Even though there are aspects of business that's wise for us to steward our assets well, I, I really want to... To be a family. And there's really a lot of analogies in the scriptures about what is the body of Christ. I I just saw one on my Facebook. My memories came up um, this morning. And it was the day that I gave away Haley, my youngest daughter, to Micah, her to-be-husband. And I said, today, Brenda and I are giving away our daughter. But actually, we're not giving her away. We're gaining a son. And and really honestly when you think about the body of Christ, Christ God gave away the father gave away his son to gain a daughter, a bride, a family. Yeah. And and so this this idea, there's a lot of analogies, there's an analogy of an army. We also are the army of God, we're to bring the dominion of God's power into The darkness of this land and transform it that up that world heaven would look like earth more and more and more wherever we go we're called to be the body of christ every person in this room is a member of the body of christ but for me personally what resonates the most in me is we're called to be a family and when you think about family you think about your family you probably sometimes are thinking about the dysfunction right Is there anybody in this room that doesn't have a little bit of dysfunction? I guarantee you I could find it if I lived with you. (laughs) There's only one family that doesn't have dysfunction, and it's the heavenly family. It's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit who love each other perfectly. And in this last message about, uh, in the Gospel 13 through 17, we're going to be in 17, the good news is that Jesus is actually praying for us. He's interceding for us, not back then, but he intercedes for us now, it says in Hebrews chapter 2. He lives to make intercession for you guys, for D, for healing, for connection with the heart, yeah, Matt, for healing of your shoulder. The Lord Jesus is healing for us or praying for us as a family. And the goal of the prayer of John 17 is twofold. One is that we would be restored to unity with the Father and the Son and restored to unity with one another so that what? So that the world would be in awe of this sign and wonder that a whole bunch of people from different backgrounds who look different, different colors are in oneness it's to be an apologetic for our faith. <clears throat> and this, this message I'm giving to you today is, is not new for Northgate, but it's the core. It's like the foundation that builds our culture. And so it's very important that I, every once in a while come back to this. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are so one, even though there's three, they're one in mission, they're one in nature, they're one in character, that they make one God. And the Father and Son, again, Jesus is opening up his heart and and he's talking, I want to be in the Father. I want them to be in you as I am in you and you are in me and I am in them. And he's talking about this supernatural unity between the Father and the Son and his people. Where's the Holy Spirit? He's adopted us and he's in us. And so this capacity of having this unity has come inside of us by the Holy Spirit, his bride, his people, his family. And he's praying for this unity that we would be a sign and a wanderer to the world. It's not uniformity, we've said this before, but a celebration of diversity around the person of Jesus. So in this... Uh, scripture, or in this chapter, Jesus is handing off the baton. He's going to the cross. He's getting them ready. This is his last prayer with them. John has memorized it. He's, gonna, he's telling us to, to all of us. The father, father sent his son to demonstrate his love to mankind. And this is the end of the prayer. I want you to see the vast verse of this prayer. Verse 26. And I have made your name known to them and make it known. So that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Now just just be in awe here. The love that the Father has for Jesus, he's praying, is now in us. The same love that the Father has for his Son is now resident in each one of us. Yesterday we had a... I had an opportunity as a church family. I was over at Santa Cop. Santa Cop. Erase. Santa Cop. And it was amazing because these elders, elderly people, are surrounded by mostly Northgate. There were a few other churches represented, but it was probably 85% Northgate people. And they're loving on these elders and, and had gifts to them. And I walked by one guy as he's walking out, He's got a cowboy hat and probably, I'm guessing, mid-70s. And these are elders that they've identified as not having any family around in, 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 in Alaska. And, and he's got this huge smile and he's, and he's got this arm full of presents. And I go, man, you got a haul. And he said, this is only half of it. Is that right, Linda? Um, and the cool thing was, you could tell the way Amberly orchestrated it is all of the people who were there to love, loved one another. There was a unity in the group. We had one assignment. We we're going to love on these elders as a team. And it was a beautiful, beautiful time together. It says in the scripture, I have kept them in your name. Now God has a lot of names, a lot of names. So which name is it? Is it, is it Yahweh? the ever-existing one? Is it El Shaddai, the Lord God? Is it Jehovah-Ra, the Lord our shepherd? Or is it jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner? Is it Jehovah-Shema, the Lord who sees and is near? Is it Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord I provider? I say that, Jehovah-Rapha, the Lord who is our healer. Which name is it? I'm going to suggest to you it's Father. Can you guys say Father with me? I'm going to suggest his Father. He came to introduce us to the, to the Father. When, G- when the disciples asked him, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. We've got to learn how to pray. Jesus said, like, we see you praying. We see God answering your prayers. Teach us to pray like you pray. He didn't say, pray this way, in my Father's name. He said, in our father's name one of the greatest preachers of all time i'm told and read is john knox who who preached in the 1500s to scotland he actually the lord used him to start a reformation in scotland that swept to other nations and uh, he got terminally ill he's only in his mid-50s and as he was approaching that day when he's promoted from heaven to earth um, he said to his family members, please read John 17 over me. I just want just read that chapter over and over and over to me. And why is that? Because it's in this chapter that we get to watch Jesus pray. We get to hear his heart. He's doing this in this chapter. So we get to actually see the inner workings of the dreams of Jesus. And so let's do that together. We're going to look at the heart of Jesus. Read John 17 through 20 through 26. Jesus says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. That's us, by the way, that they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22 The glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, just as we are a one. I and them, and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you have loved me. Verse 24 Father, I desire that they also, remember, he's praying for you guys, that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Do you guys remember when you first, if you, if you are married, when you first fell in love, you're just like, you couldn't wait to get with that one that you loved. I remember I ruined the front end of my car, because every night after work, I drove up this gravelly, pothole-filled road to Brenda's house, which is about a 10-mile drive up la- Lazy Mountain, maybe 7-mile la- drive up Lazy Mountain, every night. After work, I just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to be with her. And, and this is what Jesus is saying. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Verse 25. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I've made your name known to them, and you will make it known and will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This this is the key to be in a family. I don't know how many of you have kids and you're like, you're trying to help them love each other. <laughs> you know like do you know who this do you know who that person is that's my daughter you're talking to that way do you know who that person is you just hit that's my son that's my son like you're not to treat my son that way you're not to treat my daughter that way right so where where does our unity come from how how do we step into this reality well, John 17 gives us the key. It's actually the, the secret sauce of Christianity. It's actually the secret sauce of marriages, healthy marriages. It's actually the secret sauce of church family that like is in awe, telling the world to be in awe. It's found in John 17:22, when he says, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them. So that they may be one. What is that glory? Last week, I I feel like I did a pretty poor job talking about glory. Glory is a hard word to talk about because it's not a word we use in our vernacular, except for church. We don't usually talk about glory unless it's a christianese type of conversation and so it's not normal for us and and the word and the topic of glory in the church is so deep and so broad i just felt like i didn't do a great job last week so i'm not going to try to do it this week but i do want to get one aspect of this when he says i gave them my glory this word glory means to have high reputation or high opinion of somebody if if I were to tell you, or I can tell you, I don't need to make this up. This is true. Brenda's is an amazing cook. And uh, and she makes this, um, I, even if you don't like salmon, you would like this chowder. She makes this salmon chowder that's to die for. I mean, and it's got bacon in it, by the way. And it is it is so good. I can't eat just one bowl. I got to have more than one bowl. I usually end up uncomfortable. By the time I'm done eating that, Salmon chowder, Brenda does such an amazing job. Now, what I've just done is I've glorified Brenda by bringing glory to glorious salmon chowder. I've just increased her reputation in your mind as a cook, right? And you're probably some of you are saying, "I'd love to have a bowl of that salmon chowder. I'd like to try it up. Is that good, right?" That is what means to give. Glory, this is what it's talking about. Jesus said, I gave my glory to them that they may be one. Now let's go look where that happens. Peter's the one that records it, Second Peter 1. For we did not follow cleverly devised t- tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He's talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. For when he received, look, watch, look at this, honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. There, here it is. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh, you guys. Mm -hmm. I so want us to get a fresh revelation of this. Some of us really never have received that reality. This is the glory of the Lord Jesus. When you, when you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy, Holy Spirit baptized you into the body of Christ and you, He made you holy. He gave you Jesus' righteousness. This is what the Father's saying. You are my beloved Son in whom you, whom I am well pleased. He brought you into that truth, that reality. But it's not a doctrine to be believed, it's a gift to be received. Mm, I so, so, so want you all to get it. Because some, some of us still are, fall into that performance mindset where we feel like, man, if I just did this, God would be pleased with me. If I just did that a little better, if I prayed more, i read the Bible, if I witnessed more, if I just did this, you got this thing going on in your head. You, you always fall short. You're not quite making it. You don't quite measure up and you got this, that comes on you because somewhere in your past, you're not free from a dad or a mom or a teacher or somebody that ingrained in you that you don't measure up. And there's something that has to happen in your heart by the Holy Spirit where all of a sudden that no longer has a voice in your your mind. Our fathers and our mothers, some of them were amazing. Some of them were far from amazing. But they all fell short because they couldn't give that kind of reality to you because they weren't living in that reality. And it's just my heart, my heart, that you receive the reality of this. It's not doctrine. It's, it's, a, it's an experience. It's my prayer for you. I prayed all the time. Carl will tell you. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, may they come to understand with all the saints what is the height, the breadth, the length, to know the depth of your love for them, that they may be filled up, that they know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that they've filled up with the fullness of God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, we need to encounter you. Oh, God, it's got to be real. I'll never forget, I've shared this many times before, but we were in a service in Brazil and I, I was worshiping the Lord and God was pouring out his spirit and I was worshiping the Lord and somebody tapped me on my right shoulder, this shoulder right here, I'll, I'll never forget it. And I turned around and it's my friend, Brother Craig Mosley, and he's just weeping and weeping and weeping. And i he's trying to tell me something, but you know, you can't talk very well when you're weeping, you know. So I asked him, Craig, please write it down. Please write it down. So he writes it down and he shows me his journal. And this is what he said. Our people have got to experience this Father's love. And, you know, we quickly default to, well, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus came and restored you to the glory. He gave you his glory. He's well pleased with you. I sit, I sit with Brenda and pray for her. Co-workers, and and literally the, the the weeping of the father over her co-workers hits my heart, and I just find myself weeping over her co-workers who many of them don't know jesus and i'm just oh god you've you've got to wake him to your love awake him to love lord i just bind every argument this raised up against the knowledge of christ and i loose the revelation of the father's love through the gospel of jesus and 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 in the body of christ like it it grieves the whole the holy spirit when we don't treat each other the way the father sees us this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by saying uh, uh, crooked words. Let no one wholesome word proceed from your mouth. The only such a word that gives grace for edification, for the need of the moment. This is how we're to treat each other in the body of Christ. Bill Johnson is a, a fellow that I just totally, totally... Uh, appreciate and respect. And one of the reasons is is because of his, the way he carries this. He, he's he been accused by many other leaders. He's a, he's a visible leader, but he's been accused of many other leaders of not just having wrong doctrine, but being a false prophet. I know Bill. I know what he preaches. I listen to all the time. He's right on. But he does emphasize the supernatural, which some in the church are threatened by that. They feel like he overemphasizes that. And, and Bill will listen to their criticisms, but he never returns them. He says, how can I say something negative about somebody the father has said, is their son in whom he's well pleased? How can I speak ill of a brother or sister in Christ? How can I criticize them? How can I judge them? Jesus has already given them his righteousness. Right now, what they're saying is not true, but I'm not going to say that publicly. He says, I take the communion and, and I kneel before the Father and, and I, I take them, the people who are criticizing, criticizing me in the body of Christ by name, and I say, Lord, I bless them. I lose forgiveness over them. I, I come into agreement, Lord. That you would give them the experience of your love. Thank you for them in the body of Christ. Yesterday, um, I had a chance to talk to the to the seniors, and uh, I, I love bringing in the Christmas story because there's a couple announcements that the angels make that just really is incredible. The shepherd shows up, or the angel shows up to the shepherds in the hills of Judea, and he's He speaks out over the shepherds. He says, good news, behold, I bring you good news, right? Of great joy, which will be for all the people. See, the Father's heart is set on all the people. It's for all the people. And then a whole bunch of other angels show up in the glory of the Lord, it says, and they announce announce this. They say, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among men. In whom he is well in whom he is well pleased. This extravagant love of the Father that sent his son, he was after every person on the on the planet. He wishes that none perish, but only those who will receive Christ become children of God. Amen. You, you guys with me on this? But this this God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting, somebody say not counting not counting their trespasses against them. This this is the gospel. It's got to affect us. It's got to be real to me. It's got to be real to you. It can't be old thoughts. It has to be today's abiding in his love. This is the message. And it's not just to give to the world is to give one another. I, I'm, I'm going to show you a video, and, and I'm going I'm to um, clue you in a little bit beforehand so you know what it's about. It's about a daughter giving tribute to her father. I, I want you to see the fruit of a father who showed into a daughter unconditional love. And, and then I want you to see the heart of the daughter of unconditional love. Let's go ahead and show this. You may turn on the lights. Thanks. This is a police officer killed about three weeks ago. At this time, uh, Richard and Shelley's oldest daughter Shelby is going to pay tribute.
1: knew this day would come at some point in my life Um, however I didn't think it would come so soon there's so much I want to say about my dad but I would have to stand up here forever to do that I've tried to find all the perfect words and to formulate all the right thoughts for this but as I got up to preach last Wednesday for the first time ever my dad sent me this text He said, sometimes it feels overwhelming, but I'm here to tell you everything will be okay. You got this. Remember that no matter what, me and your mom got your back. Always and forever. Have fun tonight. Speak from your heart and don't look back. You will do great. I know you will, no doubt. I love you. I don't think he knew that this text would actually mean more than just another Wednesday night for me. It would actually be the text that would send me into speaking at his funeral a few days later. I know many of you knew my father as an officer. You may have seen him in his uniform with a badge and a squad car. But I saw my dad in a different fashion, always in his plaid pajama pants, book in hand in his silver Ford F-150 home has felt lonely without him here. I keep waiting for him to pull up in the driveway to come inside and tell us about some crazy car chase he got into, or maybe even how terrible the 7-Eleven taquitos were for lunch. (laughs) You never knew it was always a surprise what he had gotten into that day. However, there was no heavier surprise than to receive a call that your dad had been shot and killed. It will be a day I never forget. I remember having conversations with my dad about him losing friends and officers in the line of duty. I have heard all the stories you can think of, but I've always had such a hard time with how the suspect is dealt with. Not that I didn't think there should be justice served, but my heart always ached for those who don't know Jesus. Their actions being a reflection of that. I was always told that I would feel differently if it happened to me, but as it's happened to my own father, I think I still feel the same. There has been anger, sadness, grief, and confusion. And part of me wishes I could despise the man who did this to my father. But I can't get any, of, any part of my heart to hate him. All that I can find is myself hoping and praying for this man to truly know Jesus. I thought this might change if the man continued to live. But when I heard the news that he was in stable condition, part of me was relieved. My prayer is that someday down the road I'd get to spend some time with a man who shot my father. Not to scream at him, not to yell at him, not to scold him, simply to tell him about Jesus.
0: God was in Christ, reconciling the word. To himself, not counting our trespasses against us. I was growing up in a culture of church where there was not a lot of praise to one another. In fact, it was almost as though you don't want to make people have an opportunity to think highly of them, too highly of themselves. In some respects, I think that I grew up in a culture where our parents wanted to make sure that we stayed humble. And and the church's assignment is not to make sure other people stay humble. My assignment for Dennis is to humble myself, but it's not your assignment to make sure I stay humble. Your assignment is make sure. I think I'm amazing, or feel like I could be created for glory. You you see, the the world beats us up. We're not supposed to beat each other up, and not that this church does. We're to edify. We're to bring a word of encouragement, let no unwholesome word. We're to actually bring the word that will edify somebody into the glory, the amazing person that God created them to be. And the only way we can do that is to receive the love, the gift of his love, the perfect love that casts out fear and all insecurities you you can't like force yourself into this place where i 'm just going to love the brethren no it 's the father that loves the brethren. Let him take over your heart uh, this This scripture Ephesians chapter four says this it says be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving each other just as god in christ has forgiven you I, I i know there may be someone here that's been hurt by a brother or sister in christ or let down by somebody in christ and i'm just saying take it to the cross and let god deal with it don't carry it anymore receive the love of the father for these people bless them Don't be bound up. Don't let that river that's supposed to be flowing through you be stopped up with unforgiveness. Let the Father's love pour out. The world needs it, and your sisters and brothers need it. 1 John 4, 11-14. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another... God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. I, I pray uh, for the children of this church. I was not raised in the church I encountered the love of the Father in my bedroom when I was pursuing truth about who Jesus was. I, I literally experienced the, the glory that I, I call it like gold, I mean like um, honey, come from my head through my toe when I told Jesus I wanted him to be my Lord. And and I pray for the children of this church that's raised in the church because it's so easy when you're church to think you're a Christian because or think you know Jesus because you prayed the prayer or got baptized. And that's part of the journey. But they need their own encounter with the love of the Father. They need that own personal experience. That he's real for me. It's not just my dad and mom's religion. It's my experience with God. It's my testimony. And I know a lot of the parents in the room are praying the same thing for their kids. But one of the ways that you can give it away is by receiving the Father's blessing. And this is what it sounds like. I love you with an everlasting unconditional love. It's not based on your performance. It's based on my nature, my character. God is love. I am proud of you, not because of all the things you have done or haven't done, just because you're mine. Many of us did not have parents that were able to say that well. And the third thing is, I believe in you. And and this I love what Chris Valentin says. He says, when you when you know that he loves you, you get saved, but when you know he believes in you, you become a transformed agent of God. This is this is the foundation of this family called Northgate. This is the core of who we are. I'm just reminding us not that anybody's failed. <laughs> there's no scolding in my heart there's just this reality that I have to live out a fresh revelation of this I can't live on two years ago encounter with the love of the Father I've got to abide I've got to abide in this love so I can give it away and that's what I want for you I want you to experience the reality of this love our, our vision statement at Northgate, you guys have heard it, I haven't, we haven't said it for a while, but as a church family, we have come up with this conclusion of why we're on the earth, is to see every heart healed, and that starts with salvation. Every family made whole, and every nation transformed by what? By the love, by the love of the Father. Uh, I, I'm just going to invite you to just be before the Lord for a minute. Tanner, can you come on up here? One of the ways we step out of the love of the Father is be- becoming in love with the world. This is one of the reasons why he prays in this, that they're not of the world. This this chapter, he actually talks about this very thing. They're not of the world. I'm sending them into the world, but they're not of the world. In 1 John, Jesus said, or John says this, If you love the world, the love of the Father is no longer in you. And in other words, if your affections are tied up in worldly things then I'm not able to give you my personal love I want to give you my personal love but your affections are in the temporal and and there needs to be a shift for you to receive this fresh encounter of love and it just gives you an opportunity today because I've been praying all week that you experience whether it's at this service or this next week you experience a fresh outpouring of the father's love for you it's not yesterday's story but it's today's reality <clears throat> so if you want to stand we're just going to take some time to wait on the Lord because this is one of the keys to experiencing Jesus they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their saint. Father I, I just come into agreement Lord Jesus' desire for the people that are on the earth in this room, in this hour, and online, the youth over in the equipping or the prayer room. God, I just come to agreement with a fresh encounter with the Father's perfect, unconditional, extravagant love. Extravagant love. For all of a sudden we know, Father, you adore us. You adore us. Just like a brand new child that was born into this earth, we adore them. You adore us. And Lord, I bind every every curse that's been spoken against this church family or individuals, any judgment that's come from the world or even from parents or even from pastors or even from church members. I bind every word spoken of judgment, to try to make sure people don't think they're too amazing. I cancel that. And Father, I speak the affirmation of your love. Over every person in this room, you're acquainted with their hurts. You're acquainted with their joys. You're acquainted with their questions. There's no strangers in your family, Lord. Lord. Let's just take a few minutes here
2: Put freely you gave freely you came and freely we receive freely You made yourself of no reputation. You gave yourself unreservedly and freely, freely we receive. So come flow over us, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes to see once again. Once again, freely we received. Oh, not of earth, not of earth, nothing we can earn, nothing we can earn. We've received the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory that spoke all the earth emotion, the glory, the glory of glory, that came as a man, we've received the glory, Christ in me, Christ in me, you did all the suffering, you did all the suffering, now freely we've received, Yeah. yeah God, nothing we could earn, yeah God. Freely we've received You are not a God who sits in disappointment yeah. You're the God who knows the end from the beginning You know our frailty You know our humanity And you love us You came for us yeah. You came for us yeah. You are not a man that you would lie And you said When, you, when we come and confess our sins You'll purify us and fill us with your presence. You'll fill us with your presence. So here I am just as I can. I come for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you, God. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Oh, you can have it all. Oh, you can have everything, Jesus. I am here to discover you in the beauty of your presence. Oh, oh. oh. I want to know you, really know you, I want to know you, Lord, and I want to know you.
0: person in this room who have confessed you as their Lord as a daughter and son in whom you're well pleased I loose that revelation in the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name I loose that revelation in the authority of the cross and the shed blood you're intimately acquainted with every person in this room You sent your son to say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I believe in you, I'm proud of you, you're pleased with us. There's some in this room that you just feel empty, and I I want you to come forward and we want to pray for you, or there's some in this room like you have a lot of anxiety and fear, And the perfect love the Father wants to set you free from anxiety and fear. Um, But the Lord does not want you to go through a Christmas season empty. Amen? And and I just am asking you, in fact, some of you, I would invite you to come right now. We're going to have people to pray over you. But if you just feel empty inside and you say, I just need a fresh touch of the Father's love, come on up. Come on up right now. I'll have Peter up here praying and others. Yeah, come on. Just come right on up. We just need—we want to pray for those who just say, "I need my cup filled. I need my cup filled. I need this reality to be real to me. I don't need to be something you talk about and me not experience." Yeah, come on up. There's more out there. Nothing shameful of saying. I—I mean, I remember when I went to every altar call for a season of my life. God, I know there's more. I know there's more. I would be on my knees saying, and finally the Lord like, okay, you're ready now. And I got touched significantly by the perfect love of the Father. He's crazy about you. He's crazy about you. Dee, if you wanna come up and pray for people, I know you do, come on up. Anybody else? There's a whole lot of daughters out there that I think would love to have an encounter with the love of the father. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to spend some time praying up here. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I make this statement that gets kind of maybe I don't know how you how you receive it, but generally at the end of the service, I'll say something similar to make sure the people around you know they're amazing before you leave that that actually is very strategic to actually build a culture where every person knows they're created for glory they're created to be amazing somebody say amen Amen. and and so this is this is the culture of our church like we're not here we're not here to make somebody feel less than we're here to make somebody feel more than amen amen so we're going to pray for people up here i pray for you online that you'll experience the love of the father the height the breadth the length the depth to know the love of christ surpasses knowledge that you'd be filled up with the fullness of god i just come into agreement that for everybody in the room all right god bless you make sure people around you know they're amazing before you leave and we'll pray for people to come up